Hello and welcome to Hello's brand new podcast, In A Good Place. I'm your host, Rosie Nixon, and in every episode, I'll be chatting to an inspirational personality on my mission to discover how to lead the kind, happy and fulfilled life we all deserve. We live in a busy world and it's easy to feel overwhelmed or burnt out at times. So this is a podcast about real life, the one away from the spotlight. We're unapologetic about being vulnerable here at In A Good Place, and I'll be asking the same from our guests, all with the aim of inspiring others and helping you, our lovely listeners, to understand that you are not alone. At the beginning of each conversation, I'll ask my guests if they're in a good place. I love this question and can't wait to see how it is interpreted and where our conversation leads us. At the end of each chat, I guarantee you'll feel one step closer to creating the life you want to wake up to. I am absolutely delighted that Luxury Family Hotels are our partners for this series. If anyone knows about being in a good place, it's them. Luxury Family Hotels is a collection of five hotels, estates and manors in some of England's finest countryside and coastal locations. And having experienced some of their hotels for myself, I can personally vouch for them having put me and my family into a good place the moment we step through the doors and drop our bags. After finding fame as one-fifth of the popular girl band The Saturdays, Rochelle Humes has gone on to establish herself as one of our most popular television personalities. While juggling her role as mum to three adorable young children, Alea May, Valentina and Blake, with husband Marvin, and presenting shows such as This Morning and The Hit List, she's also an accomplished businesswoman. Rochelle runs a hugely successful children and babies hair and body brand, My Little Coco, a brand which celebrates inclusivity and won her a Hello Inspiration Award last year. Having got to know Rochelle over the last decade through working together, I can tell you that she is inspiring, dependable, she's kind, and she's always been one of the most approachable stars I know. Her wedding to Marvin in 2012 at Blenheim Palace was one of my absolute favourites and most fun Hello weddings. They really made the team feel such a welcome part of the day. And of course, we were only too happy to help them celebrate their recent vows renewal in late Como recently too. More on that later. In this chat, I'm really keen to understand how, with all the demands on her every week, Rochelle manages to keep herself in a good place mentally and physically. So here goes. Welcome, Rochelle. So are you in a good place? Do you know what I feel Today, uh, I'll talk on today. I think that's always the best. <laughs> that's all we've got. Yeah. I um, the morning started off really good. I got. I like to. I have this thing where I like to get up before the kids do. Mm. And before, I never really understood when I saw people doing that. And I've been doing it for about a year now, and it has changed my whole life because I get up and whether I work out in that time or I just sit and have a cup of tea, and I just sort of have a hour to myself before the chaos of the day starts and I really feel like that has changed my life so mm. today I woke up I did a bit of pilates oh. um had a shower got them up and I feel like I feel like I'm ready for them when they wake up if that makes sense I feel I hate that version of me that's very naggy and very rushed and you know what the school runs like getting everybody out of the house on time is is stuff of nightmares so yeah I feel like I like the version of me a lot better when I've just had a little time for myself before the day begins and um, so it was going really well and then I shut my finger in the car door 
So oh I'm, no! I got, I got brought back down to earth with a bang. But but at least you had the calm Pilates start to the day. I saw that on your Instagram stories. I think, God, that is such a good idea. I find as well exercising first thing in the morning. If I get that little window in, then it does set me up to be in a good place for the rest of the day. You've done it then. I think it's really hard because yeah. I think a lot of us want to be able to find time to work out. But if you've missed that morning window, I find that you end up just dragging yourself there and you're sort of dreading it all day but mm. it's actually Roxy you know Roxy Nafusi um yeah author of Manifest mm-hmm. she told me this about a year ago and I'm like how do you find time I used to watch her stories and think gosh I, I literally will wake up when like the baby talks on the monitor and that would be me like I yeah. was trying to maximize my sleep but actually you just feel I feel like a new human doing that yeah, so exercise, and especially Pilates, do you find that has a particularly positive effect? I really do, actually, because I won't commit and sort of be consistent with any exercise that scares me. You know, when, like, I've had been lucky enough before to, like, meet with great personal trainers, and it feels like a boot camp, and it feels awful, and I'm, like, aching the next day, and it's too much cardio, and I want to cry, but I can't because mm. they're a stranger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sort of like in te- when I when I think gym, that's what I used to think it was when I think working out. Mm. But actually, Pilates is a lot more mindful. I actually think it's harder because of the tiny muscles that you work. But yeah, it does something. I feel like it it suits me. Whatever. You yeah. Know, some people go for a run, don't they? And I remember thinking, oh, that might be my thing. And I ran the marathon one year purely for charity. Like I didn't get any joy out of it actually at all. And some people go for a run to clear their head, but I actually find myself thinking about everything while I'm running, which is really weird. So that didn't, Yeah, I think you've got to find that thing that, suits you yeah or a bit of both I mean I certainly find that I am a runner I do love a run but then I love yoga as well and I do that like you say with Pilates as much for my mind and my mental health as as physical but but from where I sit I mean you do literally look like the busiest woman in showbiz I mean watching your Instagram stories is insane how much you pack into a day do you ever feel sort of not in a good place that it's all too much and how do you sort of bring yourself back if so do you know I my best times are my busiest times actually and I don't know it's a really weird thing I mean sometimes I get a little bit overwhelmed um but that's more with things that I might have missed personally. So if I'm like, oh, my goodness me, I, when I'm busy at work, but actually really just keep them sane. But I think mm-hmm. the, the times where I feel overwhelmed is if, you know, before the kids break up from school and there's so much they need and there's lots of shows and they need this outfit. And that gives me like, mm, yeah. oh, my oh, my gosh, because you're trying to do right by everyone. And then sometimes you might drop the ball. And then it's that that sort of gets me. I think for me... My sort of times where I'm not in a good place are actually times when I'm like, have been sort of trying to take somewhat of a maternity leave or, Mm. you know, sort of where everything comes to a stop. I'm like, oh, like it just doesn't, I'm used to being, my mum always says a busy brain is a happy brain. And that was always my, yeah, that really is me for some reason. Mm -hmm. I know everybody's different and what, what it is that makes them tick in the right way. But for me, I, I, yeah, being active is really good for me yeah and sometimes do you find it difficult then when there isn't so much going on I mean sometimes when I'm on holiday I'm a bit like oh uh 
what what do I do? Am I comfortable sitting in the stillness? Yeah, and then you sort of get back and then everything, the conveyor belt started in your life. Yeah. I should have taken that in a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I kind of think I'm that person that just, I function better when I'm like, productive and you know I felt like I had a really productive day in the office yesterday getting loads of stuff done mm. and I'm sat here today and then before I leave I write my to-do list for today so then I'm like you know and I'm just that person that has to be so it's being organized do you need that sort of feeling of control like a sense of running a tight ship I think so because I think actually my life and the way that my life is and a lot of people that work in the same industry or however that looks however your life is there's not really much structure to it. So every mm -hmm. day is very different. So I think doing things like the taking time for myself and having those things that I can control, mm -hmm. I'm sort of in a piece. So I think no matter what happens, I will do my Pilates. I will yeah. have my juice or my latte at that, you know, before. And then whatever else happens on in the day is fine. But yeah. I have those little things that are sort of non-negotiables. And I think that's, me sort of trying to take control of the things that I can control if that makes sense yeah I'm sure if I spoke to a therapist that's what they would tell me <laughs> well that's good sounds like you don't need to speak to the therapist so you and Marvin seem to be this brilliant double act when it comes to parenting are you ever at loggerheads do you kind of generally agree on your parenting style because you very much share the load don't you between you as it should be yeah I know and it's so funny isn't it we're like, you know and I'm sure I spoke to you about this before that we're like yeah rightly so I know but we we really do we parent very equally we we work very equally and that's how it's been you know mm. we provide in in it's definitely a 50 50 split with everything um which is kind of the partnership that I've always wanted you know I kind of mm. you know I love that my kids adore me I love that my kids adore him but I but I'm also you know nine times out of ten he does a school run a lot more than I do because I work days and he works nights. So it might be that I'm I'm like, oh, actually, I'm about to do I'm going to do this run because I actually like to do it when I can. So, yeah, I think we definitely parent differently. I am definitely tougher cop, actually. Okay. What, towards the kids? Towards the kids. Right. I think because I'm not actually sure why, but there's mm. something... I'm not sure if it's because we had two girls first. And I know what I was going to say. That's interesting because I think I'm good cop, but maybe that's because I've got two boys. Do you think that they wrap their finger around you in a different way? Yeah, 100%. Because <laughs> I, and I'm not sure it's because I feel like I have a female brain, right? I mm. kind of know how they work. I know yes. Trying it with their dad. <laughs> and he, you know, as much as he says he knows, I don't. He's giving into it. Giving yeah. In. Literally, at the minute, Valley's got this thing about she's got itchy skin and it's just, I think she sometimes suffers with a bit of eczema. Mm -hmm. And at the minute, it's like bedtime, my skin is so itchy. I'm like, <laughs> fine, we, I took you on a play date tonight and your skin didn't itch. You know, like, yes, you're trying it on. Yeah, and I know when, and then he'll be like, if, I could, if, if she's got to him first, I can hear in the background and I'm like, and he's like, oh, okay, hang on a minute. Sit down, let me get the... And, and, I, and I'm like, literally, she's not mentioned it once this evening. And it's funny. Yeah. Bed, and he's like, oh, oh, right, yeah. And then, you know, like, and it's just those little moments where I think, 
Maybe with Blake, I might feel differently because it's kind of a different love. He's your little boy. It, it is, isn't it? I think there is that sort of special bond. I mean, I don't have girls, so I'm very aware of, yeah, being a, a mother of boys and how they wrap their finger around me and the love is so strong, as I'm sure it would be if I have a, had a girl too. But... It's different. It is very different, mm. I have to say. Like, and I wasn't really prepared for it to be, but, you know, I love my girls more than anything. Yeah. But my son. Oh, my God. Look at him, though. He is so beautiful, those dimples. Um, now, talking about you and Marvin, you mentioned there the kind of you working in the day and him working in the evening. How do you, is it very easy to become ships in the night? How do you sort of keep that connection strong between the two of you and, and show compassion to one another? So I always try and be home for dinner time. So, I, I, you know, I'll either go out early and then I'm back for like four-ish and then I might have made the eldest one school run and, you know, back to do dinner. And I like, to, I like that sort of time in the evening and then I'm up early so I'll sort of get them dressed for school and then he'll take them and then as he's left, I'll go out to work. Yeah. And then he leaves for work. At about 8.30 every night. So as far as the kids, I don't know if the kids are aware that he works, actually. No, they just think he's gone. He's <laughs> in bed at like 7-ish and he's yeah. half 8, so they're asleep. You get them to bed at 7-ish? Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Mine won't anymore. Because mm. she's nine, so she'll yeah. go to bed at about 8. Yes. But Sally's... Valley does get really tired actually by like seven, half seven. She's up. It's when it starts encroaching more and more on your evening, and you actually realize, oh, when they were really little, you could still have a whole evening. They were asleep at half six. And mine are now sort of eight o'clock, uh, inching towards half eight at the weekends. And your evening's gone. Oh, yeah. The weekends, I'm like snookered because they, they, you know, <laughs> they know it's the weekend and I say they can stay up. And that's that. And like you say, that sort of quiet time for you guys in the evening. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we do have to make extra effort. I think that it, it definitely would be easy to fall into that everyday routine trap of like, OK, you're out to work. You know, there's mm. even like just certain little things that if I know that we both want to, he doesn't work Friday, Saturday, Sunday on the radio, but he might have a gig somewhere, but we try and protect our weekends. But even if there's like a box set that we started together, he'll work Monday to Thursday. So then I think, oh my gosh, I've got to wait until Friday. So I'm like really into it. I'm like, yeah, four days, three days of being in the house by myself. But actually, it's just making those little decisions. Like, oh, that's the thing that we watch together. So yes. Then, or whether it's like, you know, so that will be our night in and we'll look forward to that week or we might go for dinner or, but it's just reminding yourself to sort of make the effort. And I think every now and again, you can feel so swamped. Like that yeah. was us this month. September has been so full on. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I've not really got many words when I get home from work. I'm done. You're so right. And all day you've been on it and people have been getting the very best of you during the day. And sometimes I feel like I go home and I'm the worst version of myself because I'm knackered and I've been on it all day. And that, that person, you know, the, the main person in your life, you kind of take for granted. And you have to consciously remember to be compassionate towards them. I have to check myself <laughs> with that because I think, like you say, I'm always, you know, I work for myself, so I'm needed, right? And then I'll be, whether it's hosting telly or whatever, so you, you are needed and then you get home and then the kids need you and then it's mummy, mummy, mummy. And then when they've gone to bed, I'm like... Oh, you know, I can't be needed anymore. I know. Um, so, that, so you do have to kind of like 
and and we both do and I think that you just every now and again this month I'm like right okay I said to him Nights go right. We need to book dinner, so we've booked dinner next week because I'm like mm. little date night, you know. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? And sometimes it's the little things that I find that make the biggest difference. Like Cal, my other half, isn't the best at bringing sort of teas in bed and things like that, but when he does, it like just means so much to me. And and it goes back to him tenfold because I'm just so grateful, you know. It's those the and it is those little things, yeah. Like little things are going. Oh, you look tired. Don't worry, I'll take the kids. And yeah, that. and your story. I mean, it's quite incredible that you were married and pregnant at the age of 23. When I look back on your amazing wedding at Blenheim Palace, which still stands out in my mind as being one of my absolute favourites, it really was. It was so much fun. The after party in the pub in the village down the road do you know what i wasn't there <laughs> i know <laughs> do you know how many people say that to me rosie it's so funny because like, oh there was such a good after party yeah in the, in the um was it in the feathers or the it bear, was wasn't it it was the bear the i think took over the whole pub yeah, yeah. And I was like so envious. And I was like, there's like pictures of like Harry Styles going into the after party and Marvin was like, no, I swooped you off to the honeymoon <laughs> suite. I'm like, I know, but you could have let me it, it did go on for a long time. And I have to say, yeah, even the Hello team were very hungover after your <laughs> wedding day. <laughs> but it, it was great fun. Um, but comparatively young, you know, you did all of this. And now sort of over a decade later, three babies and work busier than ever. Is there anything that you know now that you would go back and tell your 23-year-old self? Oh, my gosh. Do you know what? I try and um, my sisters are the same age as I was then. So, like, one of my sisters, so Sophie's 23 and Emily is 28. I still think that they're yeah. 12 in my mind and they're not. And Lily's 25. So I feel like they're in that, like Sophie being 23. Yeah. In, that, in those ages where I think to myself, oh my God. So we're trying like the things that I wish I knew, I try and like project on them a little bit. And mm-hmm. that is mainly that I think go for it and it's not that Mm. I didn't it's not that I didn't but you know like every opportunity that I think oh we've been invited to this I don't know I just think I'm a bit you know I went out last night I might just leave this should I go or shouldn't I go is that person going to be there thinking about things too much where I'm like at one point you're going to have three kids yeah (laughs) you're going to have you know this is talking to myself Mm -hmm. you know a husband and you're going to have a busy work schedule and you're actually really not going to want to so, like, you should just grab everything with both hands. And that's what I say to them. Like, my sister called me not long ago saying, my friend said to me about they're all in Spain and should I fly there tomorrow? And I just don't know whether to do it or to work. I'm like, well, can you get it off work? She was like, yeah. I'm like, well, then you go. You know, like, it's not like this is the sort of stuff that you look back and think, remember when we did this? Yes. And I feel like I sound like a, such a granny. But mm. it's only now that I'm still on the side still to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just do it. Do it all. And I think, yeah, that's that's one thing. And it's not that I didn't, you know, don't get me wrong. I had, you know, I had a good fun. But yeah. that I just, you know, you really overlook. You don't realise what it's like if you, if you know, if, it's, if you're fortunate enough to have kids and that's something that you do want, how sort of, you will never have that knocked out sleep again. You will never have. It's true. <laughs> and nothing can prepare you. Yeah. And in a way, sort of all that energy that you had at 23, and you'd already lived kind of a life as well with the Saturdays. You'd had an amazing experience traveling the world, 
being a pop star. They were really quite a tame band, the Saturdays. Do you think? Yeah, I really think so. And I'm sure the girls would agree. Like, there are some things I'm like, oh, my gosh, we just, you know, that we didn't, we were really good. We were really well behaved, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Better than JLS. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Was it compared to them? 100%. Yeah, I think that's what I would say to myself. And do you know what? At the time, I didn't realise... When I got married, I look back and think I got married and pregnant. I was married at 23 and then I got pregnant like a few months after. Yeah. But at the time I felt like I didn't feel like that it was an early thing or I didn't feel young or probably because I'd done so much by 23, maybe. Yeah. But so yeah, I didn't feel like it was young. But when I look back and I think of my sister now at 23 and think, oh my gosh, I was mm. married and I had a baby on the way, I think goodness me that was so young and I was the first out of my friends to have a little one and at the time thinking and everyone being like oh my gosh and I remember my friends like coming to see the baby she was born in May and I remember they were all going on a holiday after and and actually having that realization oh my gosh I'm a mum yeah yeah weird like light bulb moment I'm like, I know nothing can prepare you can it though whenever it happens to you in life and what do you think is the sort of biggest things that you've learned about motherhood in the past decade what would you tell your sister at 23 if she was thinking of embarking on that journey I think that every mum as much as you everybody assumes that it's really easy to look on and think that you've got your shizzle together that mm. every mum is winging it And I think think of my own mum, actually, and I think I used to think that she was going to save the world for me. Like I'd be like, mum, oh, my mum will sort it out. And she always would. She really always would. But, like, she was probably on the phone to her mum going, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Because now I look, and then I'm doing the same thing where I was like, mummy, I think, and I'm like, don't worry, mummy will sort it out. And I call my mum and I think, okay, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Is, is that doable? Is that, you know, and you try, and you're just trying to, you're winging it. And really, you yeah. want to think you've got this. Yeah, but none, none of us know what we're doing, really. And like certain people really make you feel like that. You know, like there's certain mums at the school that I'm like, God, they adult really well. You know, I'll be the one that like arrives a little bit late and I'm coming from a shoot and, you know, I forgot that actually they need to be dressed as a pirate tomorrow. So now I'm on Amazon Prime to see if I can get something here on time. And they've, you know, been sewing it for weeks and they're all you know and and there's always that that I feel like oh my goodness me am I I'm so far removed from this but at the same time I'm like it's just real you know we're all trying to make it work and that's okay isn't it I mean that is okay no and also there's no right or wrong I find with parenting really there isn't as long as the kids are safe you know and well looked after and loved there's no right or wrong, really. We all do as best as we can in any given moment. Yeah, and we're not supposed to know. I mean, there's lots of books that tell you how you should do it, but really no one knows your child like you do. Mm. You just have to lean into that a little bit when you think, ah, have I got this? Mm. Yeah, because they love you and you love them and that's it really, isn't it? And of course, having your baby sort of was a very creative time for you as well, because you spawned a new business idea with My Little Coco. Um, But that was nine years in the making. It wasn't a quick thing, was it? Yeah, it just took forever. And we we actually launched in 2020. And then prior to that, we had been working on it for about five years. Yeah, five years, five years. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because it was before I had Valley when Alaya was little Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, it's kind of, it's a real labour of love. Don't get me wrong. That is my full-time job, you know. Yeah. Like, what keeps me up at night, what wakes me up early in the morning. Right. And there's it, it's constant, you know, and it's my baby. And, you know, I didn't want to release a product or launch a brand that was like a by Michelle Humes that was a celebrity brand, as it were. I wanted to, you know, create a brand that could keep up there with the big boys. And, and you've you filled know. a gap in the market. You know, this is a fully inclusive range for newborns as well as young children for every hair and skin type and an area that was particularly underserved for, for girls with super curly hair like Alea. It's it's so interesting to me. So I remember, I remember pitching it to different retailers and them saying, I just don't think there's a real need. We love the idea of working with you and we'll take the... Um, body wash and the moisturizer and the shampoo and conditioner but the curling products we don't really think there's a space <gasps> for and i would and i was like what do you mean like i'm literally telling wow. you that you don't have and because a lot of there were brands that existed but you couldn't use them on newborns mm-hmm. right so it's and i kind of didn't ever understand that idea i'm like well why can i use it on my on my five-year-old but my newborn I can't. I, yeah. My five-year-old skin is just as precious to me as my newborn. So I couldn't understand that, that there was a product that, you know, you just had to wait a little bit longer to prolong that. So I'm like, no, I kind of want to make sure there's nothing harmful. It's safe. It's made in the best possible way. And we can all use it. And that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in the shower and I use it. Mark can use it. And that's kind of yeah. what I wanted. And for everybody to be able to walk on a high street and find a product for them. Yeah. Um, that was really important to me. And then I had lots of different meetings. I was just, I was then going to just launch it on my own e-commerce because I didn't feel like retailers were getting it. I finally got a meeting with Boots. And Amazing. I met them. And I, that's where I wanted it, right? Yeah. It took a while for the meeting to happen. And they got it straight away. They didn't, and I was like, all of it. And then we were launching with seven products and they were like, yeah, all seven. Like they were almost weirded out why I couldn't believe that they wanted it all. But obviously they wasn't aware of the conversations that I'd had and they got it straight away. And do you know what? I? It's funny because it's always to me, if, you know, if ever there's a reason to stick to your guns, the curling custard is actually our bestseller. Right. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's and that's the one project. Well, and let me tell you, they knock on my door now and wanting me to retail there. Oh, really? I bet. How interesting. So what do you think changed in that period of time? I think I think there's several things that happened. I think, obviously, the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, aftermath of George Floyd. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, a tragic thing that had to happen for people to go, oh, actually, maybe we're not inclusive. And it was yeah. a light bulb that went off and, mm-hmm. you know, actually, maybe we need to look at the way we do this. And which is, you know, if there's something fortunate that could have happened out of such a tragic situation, then that will be it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's you know, there's still a lot of work to do, as I always yeah. say, but I definitely think there was something in that period of time that the dial shift. Yes. Um, and I, what's interesting is I think if I had pitched this post that, I think they would have it would have flown. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. But, it is quite ironic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, prior to that, it was a really mm-hmm. slow burn. It really, really was. But, you know, I think I'm pleased I sat to my guns. We launched and it's just gone from strength to strength. It really has. And I can't 
you know, when I look and I get the breakdown and we're like top of baby and I'm like, there's well, that's brilliant. brands that are like well I'm done using and I don't, I still don't understand how this is me, mm. how it ha- how it's happened, but we've really sort of built a real sort of loyal customer and, you know, it's kind of, they're all, now they sort of approach, it's funny, approach me and they'll say, can you release a SPF because I don't like any of the other ones on the market and can you and they sort of see us as a brand that they can trust with that, that is a great idea an SPF I feel like there is a gap in the market there for SPF suitable for all skin types well, for children and newborns oh that's exciting yes a yes. little exclusive new products coming I'll give you that. go on yeah. oh thank you one early next year so yeah oh wow which is nice which is amazing really, so proud of it and it's yeah yeah. For all skin tones, because I would yeah. struggle in mm-hmm. SPF for my children, mm-hmm. where we're all dark skin and they look very ashy. They look very like chalk, like they have leave that chalky residue. Yeah, you know when you have dark skin, you just run around the beach looking grey. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that was really important to me. So I'm really. Oh, I think it's brilliant, Rochelle, and I know how important that ex- inclusivity is to you. And y- your first kids' book, actually, the Mega Magic Hair Swap, is a favourite in our house. Because my two boys have very different hair. One's got short um, sort of ginger hair and the other one's got long kind of rock star brownie sort of, you know, looks looks like a young sort of rocker, Dave Grohl hair. And they enjoy reading that book, you know, and it's all about learning to love and accept the way that you are. Absolutely that. And I think it's so important. I think especially now, like, you know, our kids are just a, a bit young now. But, you know, when I see, like, my elder nieces and nephews and this whole social media world is wild mm. for what mm. they think they should be. You know, it might be that they're following someone that they like, but just because they like them, they think they should be like them rather than... Yeah. When we were young, we used to be fans of people, but we didn't... I don't remember thinking that I needed to turn myself into that person. You know what I mean? I think, mm-hmm. and I think it's just sort of the accessibility of it all. I feel like... A pop star was really aspirational when I was young. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, look at Beyonce. Or, oh, my gosh, it's the Spice Girls. And, you know, and I remember I was wanted to be Scary Spice so badly because I'm like, she looks like me. Yes. Um, yeah, that's why the Spice Girls were so amazing, yeah, wasn't it? That really was one for everyone. They can identify. Sporty or, yeah, yeah baby, totally. Um, but I don't remember them being that accessible where you felt mm. like you had to trying to afford the outfit she was wearing or maybe her cheekbones are a different structure to yours or her lips are slightly mm-hmm. thick. I feel like we've moved into this sort of space in the world where it's kind of you can and people sell you the dream or this is where they go for this procedure or this is and it's all quite overwhelming so I just kind of want to protect my kids from that for as long Mm. where do you stand on sort of social media with the kids because I know you made a decision they were always off your social media weren't they for a long time and then you sort of decided about a year ago now that you would sort of show them more what was the thinking behind that in all honesty I had this weird sort of situation that they're previous school which I always ticked they can't you know you know when the school would win an award and they would like put themselves in local paper I would always say that that that's not you know that no don't you tick the box where they couldn't do that and I had this situation where they were doing a picture because they'd won this award and I never meant it and you know if it was a massive picture of the whole school you do see a little head now you know that's fine you're not going to be yeah Mm -hmm. I sort of meant 
I wouldn't want her named because then just for like safety and security. Yeah, somebody could pick that up. What school she's at and it just, you know, I didn't Mm -hmm. like, wasn't comfortable with that. But they did this whole school picture and my heart broke because they took a layer out of it. Oh, wow. And they took her into a room to do some colouring and then one was bored and she was so excited that they were the top school at something and the whole school was in it. And I think her and one other got taken out of the picture which listen the school did the right thing because that's what yeah. I had to do mm-hmm. and Alea was like at the time very aware that her cousins were on their mum's Instagram you know they all talk about Instagram and you know she was eight at this, she's nine now but she was eight at the time and her friends at school were like oh well, I looked on my mum's Instagram and you're not there and I can just see you know the back of your head in some of them and I thought and then so this so that happened and then she asked me she was like why am I not and I didn't want her to give her a complex almost like it's really hard it's a really hard time because she is know about Instagram but at the same time she does because that's what her friends are talking about and Mm. they've seen it and then the boys were getting back together Mm -hmm. as JLS and so this had happened like a month before and then so it was a conversation that we were talking about do we don't we do we and the boys were getting back together and at the time they were and I think they're still sat on this I think they were filming stuff for a possible documentary about the reunion and Marv was like and she's you know all our kids are so close at last the eldest but they've always spent so much time with each other so they are literally like cousins they're like family Mm -hmm. and they all show their children on Insta etc publicly and it was a decision whether because they're making, I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to, this, this is a really big thing for her family. Her dad is now going on. Yeah. To, it's a big moment for us and we were really all looking forward to it as a family. So I didn't want her, I didn't want there to be this program that she then wasn't a part of. Because yes. I, so I just sort of said, okay, we'll share them. Like, you know, I don't post them all the time, but we'll share them in a controlled environment. So they're part of it. And then, you know, it's not going to be a big deal if I put them on this documentary and um, yeah. everyone's like, well, you know, not that it's about them, but if they run in, we don't have to blur her face, for example. Yeah. So that's, that's how it happened. And it was just sort of maybe I was being a bit, you're learning on the job, aren't you? Maybe I was being a bit too protective and a bit too anal, like, no, you will not see my child, you know? Well, it's hard, isn't it? And then that's a, a difficult thing to keep up for a long time, especially when social media is such an important part of your world and connecting with your audience. And I think, look, when I'd had her, Instagram was new. Yeah. So she was like eight by the time I posted anything of her. Mm. And I kind of just always believe if you're going to, throw your kids on site you want to figure it out first and then now I know how to handle it like I wouldn't post them all the time and constantly do that no I just no I was keeping half you know 80% of my world too much you know yes and I was showing of my which life. doesn't feel fully authentic and I now ask my my nearly nine-year-old um did a picture of the queen the other day and I and I was thinking and I didn't almost you know almost naturally just put it up and then I thought, actually, no, I've got to sort of speak to him about this. And I said to him, oh, I love this image. And he actually volunteered. He said, oh, will you show it to your readers? Because I know that they really love the Queen and they must be feeling sad about her dying too. Maybe it would cheer them up. And I just thought, oh, that's so lovely. And that I could use that in a very positive way then with his permission. 
because they're getting older yeah they're getting older that was it and I even you know obviously we when we renewed our vows a couple months ago mm. I even did that like the pictures that I posted I was like do you like this one do we like it? and I <sighs> even did that with her because I'm aware that I mean I personally think it's too early but I know that some of my friends use it at nine yes do now um whether it's on their mum's account but I know that they have access to which I wouldn't let her have so I'm like right okay do you like this do you, do you feel nice in this one you know and I yeah yeah and I we did that together and we've got to talk a little bit about that vows renewal that was off the scale beautiful in Lake Como recently celebrating your 10 years of marriage and the kids were very much sort of behind your decision to do that weren't they yeah they Alea was always really angry that she wasn't at our wedding. <laughs> like, no, you weren't born. And she's like, okay, but was I in your tummy? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> well, where was I? I'm like, you're a twinkle in daddy's eye. Exactly that, exactly that. Um, so she, and because that she'll watch the video and every time it's anniversary, we always watch it. And she'll be like, well, my cousins were there, our elder cousins, because they were, right, you know, flower girl and page boy in the day, and it really stresses her out. Um, so I did it. We always said when we got married, we were like, every 10 years we should do this and celebrate it. And then the kids were a really big part of us doing that, actually. They kind of were really behind that. And, mm-hmm. and like, I want to be a bridesmaid. And Bally was like, I've never, I've never been a bridesmaid. And Yeah. It was nice because it was just all, it was really, it was... It was small. It was small, uh, Rochelle. <laughs> small in terms of numbers. The guest list. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we had a lot. It was mega in was terms mega. of. <laughs> yeah, in terms of what we. Did, How beautiful it was. But yeah. It was small in terms of who we had there, which mm-hmm. was really nice because it was. Yeah. It meant that we got quality time with everybody and yeah. something that I probably didn't get at our first wedding because we have big families Marvin's got like 80 cousins in London mm. it was big wasn't it was it 250 guests that you had in or the more day, to... and then yeah in the night. yeah it and was huge big Caribbean families and it yeah when you do something of that size, everyone's in, right? That party you had in the evening. I mean, it was to when Blenheim Palace turned into a nightclub, basically. We just had such a ball. And yeah, so, but this time it was night, it was almost, mm. we did all that, but like on a smaller scale. So like, mm-hmm. it, it was really nice that it, everybody that we're closest to was there. And I think, that's what was really important this time around. Yeah, and it was so great to cover it in Hello. And, you know, I never take those moments for granted. It really is such an honour for us to be invited to cover such personal occasions. And it's lovely. You know what I say, I would never do it with anybody else. Because yeah. You guys are so respectful. And, and yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's a real sort of mm. joy effort isn't it because you know you're so respectful of the fact it's our day and well yeah I mean it goes above and beyond doesn't it it's not like a piece of editorial that you're doing in the name of promoting your brand or a work project it's a personal occasion so that that always feels very different to us as well and you know it's a real we really appreciate being able to be there yeah and, well thank you now we're almost coming to the end the time has gone super quickly so I wanted to ask you sort of my three kind of takeaways at the end of this podcast which is about number one what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given gosh you've got me on that one I think do you know what I'm so lucky in what I do that I've met so many different people over the years and they've always given me 
the best advice. But I think more so like in the last few years, I think someone at work said to me, and it really resonated with me, it was, it's not actually about the yeses. Mm-hmm. It's about what you say no to. It's kind of mm-hmm. that defines you. Like you can really... I kind of, before I turned 30, it's really weird, something, a light bulb went off. But before I turned 30, I think that, like, I couldn't say no to things. And that's not just in work. That's like, if someone said to me, do you want to go for dinner next Friday? I'd go, oh, yeah, that'd be lovely. Because I like them and I want to go for dinner with them. But actually, I know that I'm working that day. I know that I'm going to get to Thursday and think, oh, my God, I've got this dinner tomorrow night. Um, and then I spend a week sort of dreading telling them no and then on Friday morning I think oh should I just try and bail out and Mm -hmm. you know you don't as an adult if someone said to me that they didn't want to do something in terms of like you know I have a business now so if I said oh I'd like you to be an ambassador to a certain celeb and they said actually I don't think this is right for me I'd go oh my goodness okay fine I wouldn't take that now as a bad thing it's not a negative or if someone says to me oh Rosh I can't do dinner on Friday because I'm actually doing this what about three weeks time I could do Tuesday I'd say oh yeah cool fine so I think it's just a weird sort of pressure that we internally put on ourselves as adults that actually saying no is really okay and it doesn't have to be negative it's such a rite of passage isn't it learning that I think and once you do it's like a huge penny dropping moment but I also think that in saying yes to something you're actually also maybe saying no to something that could be more important to you and some days I feel like in saying yes to going to that event I'm actually saying no to putting my kids to bed which is actually maybe more important to me in that day so it's remembering that and there are ways to kindly say no you know but to mean it and I think you do respect the people act that way in your own life because you're like okay you're not being messed around you're you're being told it's not there's nothing worse than someone saying yeah yeah yeah," and then the last minute going actually i can't because and what they know when you actually know they were never really going to so yes yeah there's a lot to be said just owning it but i think that only happens when you feel comfortable enough to do so. And yeah. Well, as soon as I turned 30, I was just saying no. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a good piece of advice, though, and something we all need kind of reminding of, I think. And what is the one thing guaranteed to put you in a good place? I think having all my favourite people under one roof. On mm. Sunday, I, did, I had a roast dinner at home. And my family there, my best friends and their children, I like instantly, I just sort of, as the day started to come to an end, I had sort of like tomorrow anxiety. You know, you're like, I'm not ready for this day to be done. It's so yeah. Nice. And you do love nourishing people, don't you? Because we've got your amazing cookbook at home. Yeah. On Mama's Table, which is full of amazing sort of family friendly meals to sit and enjoy around a table with all your favourite people. That's like my love language is just like feed you. You know I love you if I feed you, you know? Yeah. So like having all my favourite people at home and just, you know, really just having a chill and a day mm. when kids are playing, everyone's getting on nicely and we've got a film on. And yeah, they're my favourite days. That would always make me happy. Yeah, that, I quite like that now that we're getting into autumn as well. It's a real wintry, cosy thing, isn't it? Definitely roast dinner season. Yeah, stews and roast dinners and slippers. <laughs> and what is your ultimate good place on the planet? If I could beam you anywhere, where would it be? Do you know, honestly, anywhere with sun and sea. I don't even have to be 
like on a beach. I just need to know it's somewhere in the distance. You know, like <laughs> it does something for your brain. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I'm such a girl that needs vitamin D all year round. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. On a, on a beach, preferably with a spa nearby. Oh, heaven. Beam us up now. Oh, Rochelle, thank you so much. On that note, dreaming of beaches and palm trees and sunshine. <laughs> always. Thank you so much for talking to me. And I'm glad that we mentioned Rochelle's book at Mama's Table because it really is such a brilliant book if you need ideas of how to keep yourself and your family and your friends and loved ones in a good place this autumn. Yeah, I really recommend it. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. That was lovely. Today I'm putting the spotlight on one of the hotels in the Luxury Family Hotels collection. New Park Manor is situated in the heart of the New Forest National Park, an English country manor formerly a retreat of King Charles II. Giving an opportunity to get back to nature, walking through ancient woodland, roaming wild open heathlands and discovering stretches of beautiful coastline. There are walking routes, cycle paths and picturesque villages waiting to be explored. New Park Manor is a luxurious experience. An intimate spa offers time to relax and reconnect whilst children are given their own adventures in the creche, games room, cinema club and manicured gardens. The hotel has a strict pooch's welcome policy, meaning your canine friends are welcomed with open paws. Through natural hospitality, the hotel offers the gift of time. Time to let your inner child run wild. Time to be in the moment and time to create wonderful memories. Doesn't that sound heavenly? If you enjoyed this episode, please do consider sharing it in case someone you know might enjoy it too. And if you fancy leaving a rating or a review on Apple, we would love that too. We're thinking of this podcast as a community, so I'd absolutely love to hear your feedback and suggestions for guests. Contact us at at HelloMag on all social media platforms. A big thank you to our partner, Luxury Family Hotels. You can find them at at Luxury Family Hotels. And don't forget to give Rochelle a follow on Instagram too, at Rochelle Humes. Until next time.